So we are continuing in the book of James. We're already in week five. Wow, this has gone by quick. Um, <clears throat> last week, we were talking about faith without works and how our faith is dead. And I just kind of want to just kind of think about this. And I saw a diagram of a bullseye. And the question is, what kind of faith do we have? So the outer ring is dead faith. The next ring inward is weak faith. And then we have little faith. And then, of course, the bullseye is great faith, strong faith, perfect faith. And I think um, it's just something to kind of keep, uh, keep in mind as we're thinking about what kind of faith we have that Christ wants or that you know, Christ wants us to have and the reason for having faith and whatnot. So as we move on, we're, go we're going into uh, James 3, 1 through 12. And we're talking about the taming of the tongue. So a dog is a man's best friend because he wags his tail and not his tongue. <laughs> So what, what's the first thing a doctor tells you to do when you go see him? <laughs> exactly. And why does he do that? He... Basically, you can say down our throat. <laughs> yes, because it's... it's you can also see things on your tongue that can tell if you're sick or not too. Ab yes, absolutely. Because it's, pos it's, it's possible... Or because it's possible to tell so much about our general health just by looking at our tongue. There's just so many reasons for that. And in the same way, it's possible to tell a great deal about one's spiritual health uh, by just looking at our tongue, at oneself's tongue. In James 1.26, James introduces the important subject of the tongue. And now in, in this third chapter, he continues... The discussion. Now, the, the one point is we need to do all we can do to keep our tongues under control. And there's, you know, uh, there's five reasons. And I hate to say this, but every chapter, every lesson, I learn more and more. And I feel kind of silly because you think about these things and it's like, wow, it just really blows your mind. But then when you realize it again, where there's new importance of Understanding what the, what Scripture says, understanding, uh, you know, having that wisdom that God gives us that opens us up. Um, so I want to kind of describe the the five reasons why it's important that we, at all costs, that we protect that we that we tame our tongue. So, you know, it's the responsibility for teachers. Um, the you know, there's the, the power of the tongue, potential evil of the tongue, the untamable nature of the tongue, and then the inconsistency of the tongue. So, while the third chapter applies to every Christian, you know, James is, because, I mean, it applies to everybody. That's what's so beautiful about the book of James. It really applies to everybody. But James was talking specifically to a certain type of person here with, uh, with James 3, 1, 2. 
or James 3, 1 and 2. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if any one does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. So why is James telling telling us that not many should become teachers. So, I mean, one thing is those that teach will be judged with greater strictness. And then those who teach shall receive greater condemnation. You know, in, in what they say, I mean, um, does, does God want every Christian to be a, te- a teacher? Yes. Yes. Um, you know, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Let's see. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always at the end. And then also in Hebrews 5.12. In Hebrews 5.12 it says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. Mark, I appreciate the fact that you have made sure that we understand because this is that that one verse there, starting in number one. Uh, Let not many of you become teachers or whatnot. I've literally heard that one before for people who when you ask to see if somebody would like to help teach something or whatever, uh, you know, kind of taking that out of context or whatnot. So I'm glad you, you've let us know that the, the true point they're trying to make here is the fact that you need to be knowledgeable in the Scripture when you teach because you, we, you can't easily lead people away if you're teaching false doctrine. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Yes, I mean, that's exceptionally important. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously, when we're reading the Word, God, God gives us understanding and wisdom that we're, we're, we're seeing the truth. And I, I know that, well, we, we know that we can have the confidence that God is going to, uh, He quickens the Word to our heart and He gives us understanding. And we, so yeah, I, I agree 100%. Right, because the latter part of that verse when it says, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, to me what comes to my mind is, is, these people out in the world that are teaching all these things, that are leading people down some terrible paths with what they're teaching, uh, you know, I, I, I see that as they're going to be judged stricter based on the fact that they're leading people away. Yes. You know, what, what James is saying is that being a teacher brings greater responsibility. 
And um, in verse 2, for all, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anybody does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Also able to, I think I said birdie, bridle his whole body. So is it important for a teacher to not try and offend the word? Yes. And why is that? I think what uh, Sam was just alluding to is we, you know, uh, as being a teacher, there's a lot of influence that want that that person has more responsibility. They have influence that they can, you know, they 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 can, uh, you know, lead people astray based off of their own agenda or based off of, um, you know, they're not prepared for being a teacher. They they want they want the the recognition of being a teacher. We teach by example also, the way we live. I mean, people are watching you no matter what. Little kids are watching you. You don't know what kind of uh, example you're being until later on when they come up and say, I remember when. And they can tell you all your wrong things. Yes, and actions speak a lot louder than, than words. When we speak up for Jesus, uh, we give reason, people reason to want to try to find fault with us. Uh, people will judge us more if we speak out than if we just keep our mouths shut. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a reason not to do it. It is a reason to only say this is what Scripture says. Uh, uh, Bill Robinson had so many ideas and opinions about things, I had to... For a year, I had to say, I don't have any idea. All I can do is tell you what the scripture says. You decide. Because any th any opinion was something that he could object to. But if we just point out scripture, uh, in this World English Institute online stuff, uh, he, the, one of the men pointed out, God's words will not come back to him uh, vain. If we just allude to words, even if we don't put quotation marks there, God's words will be more effective than our words would be in answering questions. That really brings up a good point. For me, you know, my background is evangelical, non-denominational, you know, churches when I was younger and grew up. And what I really like about, you know, a lot of people look at Church of Christ as being a denomination, which it's not. It's, it's, you know, obviously read, reading the Word and not taking anything more or making anything less of what's there. And that's what really, um, I mean, God really showed me in a lot of ways because you look at a lot of other people, they try to put more in or they take more out, and it's based off of what they want to uh, portray or whatnot or, or the feelings or tickling people's ears to get them in the church and whatnot. Jesus said it's a conflict. The teacher is strict, but on Judgment Day, a person can't say, well, I heard this from this guy, and I'm all, you know, I can't be condemned for that. Well, that's not true. You're going to, you, we have a responsibility to examine what someone says to see if that's what the Bible says. Yes. So it's a, a two-edged sword there, but the teachers have a greater responsibility to teach the truth 
so that that doesn't happen that the follower yes exactly yes that's why I'm nervous to be up here right now. <laughs> and if we presume that we will not make mistakes when we teach, we're wrong. Yeah. Uh, if a man doesn't make mistakes with things that he says, he's a perfect man, and nobody is a perfect man. That yes. is the very hardest thing to control, is saying something before you think it through. Yes. So, I mean, again, is, is it important for a teacher to not try and offend the word. Well, yes. And of course, that's because there's a lot of influence. And what James, what James is introducing here is that we should control our tongue. The importance of controlling our tongue leads us to not be perfect, to be mature, and to and able to bridle our whole body because he controls the heart. That's Matthew's, or as far as... Um, that's a reference for Matthew 12, 34. So we talked about the responsibility of teachers. Now we're going into the power of the tongue. You know, uh, can someone read James 3, 3 through 5, please? Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their <clears throat> and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, whatever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So how great a forest a little fire kindles. So placing a bit in the mouth of a horse will make a horse obey us. So which is larger, the horse or the bit? The horse. What controls the horse? The smaller part. Okay. Now, I was Navy, so I understand this really well. The rudder guides the boat or ship by whoever's directing it. Which is larger, the ship or the rudder? And which controls the other? The rudder. Uh, the same is for the, a tongue. The tongue is small but has great power. Uh, which is larger, the tongue or the body? <laughs> and but which and then but which generally get the other in trouble? It's our our tongue. So what are some good things that the tongue can accomplish? Well, what you're doing right now, which is teaching scripture. Yes, I got a, a card in the mail yesterday from Denise. Encouraging me. So, I mean, uh, encouragement is obviously a, something that comes, is something that's accomplished good things with our tongue. Now, what are some bad things the tongue can do? I mean, we don't have enough time you know, to go down that road. <laughs> so, in verse 5, uh, which is larger, a forest or the match? The forest, and what has the potential of destroying the other? It's the match. Okay. In James 3 6.
and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. So this is talking about the potential evil of the tongue. And the tongue is a fire. You know, fire can be a blessing or a curse. And wh- which, which does James mean here? Uncontrolled fire. So obviously he's talking about it being a curse. Yes. So James is saying that the tongue is a potential for evil. It's a world of unrighteousness. I mean, James is saying that practically every sin can be tied to the tongue, which I found this really interesting. What, what are some sins against God connected with our tongue? I mean, obviously cursing. And that, in God's name in vain is one of the basic commands. Yep. Thou shalt not lie. And then we, we get into what are some sins against others connected with the tongue? That's, you know, that's obviously more gossip, lies, uh, deceitfulness. Um, and then what are some sins against ourselves connected to the tongue? I guess this one I had a little bit different. I had a harder time understanding as far as, well, how do we lie to ourselves? I mean, I, I lied to myself for 15 years, 13 years, thinking I could fit in these pants that I'm wearing. <laughs> and Tammy's like, you need to throw these away. I'm going to wear them one day. 15 years later. Well done. <laughs> so, so the thing that's being said here is that the, the tongue can affect all areas of our life. The untamable, um, let's see. So the, the fourth section is the untamable nature of the tongue. That's uh, James 3, 7, and 8. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, fully of deadly poison. I mean, again, the importance of the tongue, and I've always, I've always realized it's, you know, we, we can build a whole life of building good things, and then one slip of the tongue can ruin that in a matter of seconds, even though we build a whole life building uh, respect or credibility and just by that, and that's just really confirmed here in James. So most things can be tamed. You know, he's saying a bird, beast, reptile or serpents, and sea creatures by mankind. But the human cannot tame the tongue. It is evil, full of deadly poison. So the Bible says that we can't fully tame the tongue. It does, does, it, it does not mean that we shouldn't try to tame it. In uh, James one twenty six, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle the tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion 
is worthless. You know, so how, how can we control our tongue? Talk about slips of the tongue, you can say something that, that means somebody, something entirely different to another person than what it means to you. So uh, it's a tricky deal sometimes. Yes. The, <laughs> A, a couple of areas, and I think everybody has heard this or whatnot, that we need, we, we joke about it, but I think it's a reality that we need to be careful about our tongues, is we use the term sometimes, we joke and we say, bless their heart, and then I can say anything I want to after that, okay? When you talk about somebody, yeah. or, or we say, you know, I just tell it the way it is, and somehow that gives you the ability to say anything you want to. And I know people who use that as a regular, all the time deal. I just, you know, hey, may not be what they want to hear, but I just tell it the way it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, when I think of what can I do to control my tongue, obviously I want to work on my heart. You know, what goes in comes out. And if I'm having a, a bad week, which as a project manager, that typically happens from week to week. It's, it's almost like I give myself license while well, I'm having a bad week, so I can, you know, I'm going to say what I want to say. But it's really because the attitude that I have is what comes out. And, you know, Tammy can read that a mile away. <laughs> um, we, can, we can pray, you know, and we, we can also think first uh, before we speak first. And then, and then in the end, if we just can't, control our tongue, then we should just not say, not say it, at all. not say anything at all. <laughs> so the most important thing here is with whatever battle we have with our tongues, we can always ask for God, for God's help. And that, you know, obviously that goes for prayer, the first thing. So um, now we're going to talk about the inconsistency of the tongue, which was kind of my, my favorite section so far. You know, how is it we can bless our Lord and Father with our tongue, but then curse others who are made in God's image? Like we can we can bless God here, but then we can say something negative or hurtful to someone else. Um, out of the same mouth is a blessing and a curse. So James says this ought not be. I'm going to read... Uh, James 3, 9 through 12. Let's see. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree... My brothers bear olives or a grapevine produce figs. Neither can salt pond, neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. You know, it's not natural for spring water and salt water to come from the same opening. Um, it's not natural for a fig tree to bear olives, just as a salt pond cannot yield fresh water. You know, what what's important here is a godly man cannot speak both 
clear speech and unclean or clean speech and unclean speech. I think that's really the moral when I kind of compile everything together. So I kind of wanted to spend a little bit more time in discussion this morning. Um, how can we all prepare to be, to be a teacher in classes? I mean, what are, what are things that we need to do if we're taking on that responsibility where we want to teach others? Well, the main thing is it goes back to, again, uh, the, the, the Bible knowledge. And there's no way to achieve that without spending time in the Word. And it's just... I, I, a lot of people don't want to hear this, but the reality is is that the only time that you're opening that Bible is while you're here in this class or out in the auditorium or whatever. It'll never get there. It'll never get it done. It has to be something that you spend time in. We spend yeah. time in every other type of literature in our life, whether it's preparing us for jobs whether it's just out of enjoyment, whatever it is, we spend so much time in those things, and yet we spend the least amount of time in Scripture, and that's eternal. Yes. I, I kind of think of, you know, what is some advice we could give someone that doesn't like spending, they're young Christians and they don't, they haven't built the discipline to be in the Word. How do we encourage other people to, you know, to, to know, to understand what you know, to understand what God has put in our hearts or in someone's heart. Because I think, you know, I think about new Christians and sometimes we want to live life and we just kind of, we get so ramped up that we forget about what's really important or we haven't really understood what's really important, which really is the word. Well, I was hoping you were going to end that with an answer <laughs> because I want to know that magic bullet because I've been searching all my years as a leader in the church. What do you say and how do you say it that it will truly make people do that? And I haven't found it yet. Yeah. I think part of that is it's the word that converts. In other words, it's the Bible that converts. I can say anything, but if I can show it in the Bible... Uh, and I don't have to have to have that scripture right at the tip of my tongue, but if I can show people the Word of God says this, then they have to make the decision whether it's they want to follow the Bible or whatever the case may be, or it may take some time to do that. But or study more. Study more, yes. So it's it's just the Bible is the key to conversion. That's that's the. That's the heart of conversion. It's not me. It's the Word yes. that converts. And so uh, it just drives home the point what Sam says. you gotta, you you got to study the Word. I just read it, okay, but to study it. And so, I mean, reading it is good, but get on Sam's... No. <laughs> I'm trying to watch my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bridle, bridle. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some examples of how the tongue burns, sears, and poisons? Obviously, we've uh, you know 
lying, gossip, hurt feelings, hurt feelings um, cursing. I think those are the big ones we think about, the, the small ones, saying something that is discouraging mm -hmm. or um, you know, being critical. Those type of things, you know, we often think, well, I'm just, you know, told it like it is or whatever. But, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, I think as Christians, we really need to be sensitive to the fact that we can be discouraging to someone and really not even understand it. That, you know, because that wasn't our intention. Well, I think, it, and to further your point, it, we start looking at ourselves like, you know, why do I say the hurtful things that I do or a underlying dig with an attitude or it's because of my pride or because of something that's going on in my life that I can actually hit those smaller things that, again, it's a little, it seems like the littlest things can do the most damage. So what's, what is the difference between taming and controlling? I mean, James says that um, our tongue cannot be tamed, but we have a responsibility to control our tongue. I'll use an example. I've used this example in the past in several classes, but when I was in junior high and high school, I cussed, okay, almost like a sailor. Not quite, because when I was a sailor, I didn't cuss. But anyway. <laughs> But, but the, idea is, the idea was that I made up my mind at one point in time that I cannot continue to do that, okay? Because it just it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing to do. Now, making that decision, it took a year, a year to, to, to not cuss it, but not to cuss, automatically, but it took another two years or a total of three years to not think it. In other words, at one point in time, I could control it from coming out of here, but it's, I had to control it from not uh, saying it or thinking it in my head. So the tongue is, you talk about cussing, I mean, that is a hard thing to break because it just flows right out of the mouth because it becomes a part of people's vocabulary. Yes. Okay, so you've got to change your vocabulary. And so that, to me, is I can control it, but taming it so I don't even think it is, was a lot longer process. I think we need to be, well, what you're saying is we have to be really diligent and what we're trying to do, and even when we're diligent, it takes time. And that, I mean, that flows into building a discipline to be in the Word just as well. Thank you. So is it possible to separate our treatment of God and our treatment of fellow man? I don't think, you know, we're... What we talked about earlier about receiving the word, obeying the word, and then living the word. And I don't think we can separate our treatment of God and how we treat other people. I think it's one and of the same to where if we're 
following Christ, if we're honoring his word, if we're um, living godly, that that's going to flow in all of our lives. It's not going to happen here one minute and then we're going to leave church and then we're going to go back to our daily ungodly lives. And what is the greatest need in the matter of using our tongues as we should? And I've known one man in my life who every time he started to say something, he would think about it and then he would say something. Ron Bussey had that gift. And uh, I never knew him to say anything hurtful because he always went through his head before it came out of his mouth. Most of us, we just, we don't do that. Uh, we need to be very, very careful. Uh, there's a, a kind of teaching that's done by only asking questions. You never give an opinion. You just ask somebody what he sees in a scripture and then he has to defend it and you're not causing hurt because all you did was ask him his idea. Uh, so asking questions as opposed to making statements is usually a better choice. But just waiting and thinking it through before you let it come out of your lips is a very, very important thing that most of us don't manage very well. Yes. I think, I mean, when I, when I think of this question... You know, obviously, I, I, I need to use my tongue for good things, and I just I need to control the negative things, and I just need to, you know, keep my mouth shut, think, and then pray. You know, ask a question, and then that way they have to think about what they think. Yes. And asking questions as opposed to making statements is usually a, a pretty good idea. It keeps you out of trouble. Yes, it does. So, next week we're going to talk about wisdom. And we're done a little bit early today, but thank you guys for coming to the class. <laughs>